Another podcast brought to you by Team Corker. This week, I am joined by a total fangirl. Some may call her an Instagram liberty. She's definitely a YouTube influencer. She's a proud Vancouverite, and she's someone who I really look up to. Sunny Leonarduzzi has been known for her work in journalism, for covering the 2010 Olympic Games. She was certainly a face among media outlets across Canada, for that matter. And she switched gears. I didn't realize what happened when she hit rock bottom. You'll hear more about that in this episode today. Yet she switched gears to say, what would it be like if I worked for myself? And how can I be a contribution to the world around me? And what has resulted in it is some kind of wonderful, is some kind of huge social explosion on a platform she chooses, which is called YouTube. And not so much the metaverse, that's for sure and what people have to say about what she wears and how she looks. And it's so fascinating because we recorded this conversation and then not long after Instagram exploded with, why don't you wear something other than Lululemon and why don't you straighten your hair? So here's to being real all the time. It was a conversation I really appreciated. It was something that you can't find on her site or on her gram. And so I hope you tune in, enjoy. Sunny Leonard Uzi, you are a serious girl crush. I am so <laughs> stoked to have you on the podcast. <laughs> I mean, feeling is so deeply mutual and I'm honored to be here. Thank you for oh, asking me. <laughs> gosh, it's like, is blushing still a thing? It's a thing. <laughs> we could go and start in so many directions. And I just want to hear from you how you would introduce yourself these days. Oh my gosh. I love that so much. Oh my gosh. It's so funny. Like, I feel like at this point I should really have this dialed and I do in a lot of ways, but it's just, sometimes I'm like, "Mm, let's switch it up. I like to think of myself as the vehicle between people's experience and becoming an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. So I basically help people take their stories, their experiences and their skill sets and package them into highly scalable, impactful, and transformational online programs. Mm -hmm. And I've had the opportunity to work with over 10,000 people at this point. And the thing that gets me out of bed in the morning is knowing that I'm allowing these experts Mm -hmm. to create a bigger impact by leveraging the online space so they can have all these success ripples out into the world. Mm -hmm. And that's what my mission is really is to create more success ripples, to elevate experts so they can really make their mark and leave their legacy. (sighs) That was long. (laughs) I mean, what I want to acknowledge is it's not common that entrepreneurs exist to rise the tide. It's like entrepreneurs exist because they want to believe that deep in them is something that no one else in the world has. Mm. And therefore I'm going to wake up in the morning for that. And what you will find when you follow Sunny is that you do exist. You're like, come and join me on the army, on the entourage of being wildly successful. And here's what it can look like. And I want to know when that moment was that you decided that that would be your life's work. When you chose to say like, I'm here to rise the tide for all ships and not just myself anymore. Yeah. So great, great question. I really think it started when I was a little kid. And ironically, I think that my definition of what I do and how I want to create an impact has evolved over the years. But 
ever since I was a little kid, I've told the story often, but I was deeply obsessed with Oprah and Mary Hart of all people. And I was like, okay, wait. So they get to talk to people for a living. They get to like educate people. They get to inspire people. How do I do that? Mm. And how do I help people? Mm. And so I wanted to find some sort of a career that was the intersection of those things. And so I, the easiest choice at the time was media. So I started out in media and went to broadcasting school, worked in radio. Then my big goal was to work at the Olympics in Whistler. And I ended up doing it. That was really my turning point because I realized while I was there in my head, oh my gosh, I've done it. This was the big goal, the dream job. And I feel miserable and my tummy and my heart are not in it. And it was lacking the creative freedom and the independence that I was really seeking and that I thought I was getting into. So on a complete and utter whim, driving down the Sea Sky Highway, coming home, I was like, I'm going to start my own business. So naive. Never started a business before. No idea what I'm doing. Started on my magazine. The only social media platforms at the time were really Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. So I figured those out on my own. And was like, this is super fun. And this is kind of the new way media is heading is that it's not this one-to-many, it's now one-to-one. And you can really connect with people all over the world. This is amazing. Dove into it, became obsessed with social media and how you could use it to create a bigger impact and to reach people and to monetize and all these things. Made so many mistakes, worked with all these different clients. And then about four years into it, I was like, huh, I wonder what would happen if I just started shooting YouTube videos for my clients because I kind of maxed out. I had so many clients, I didn't have enough hours in the day. And I wonder what would happen if I just made videos for them instead of having to go to meetings or get on the phone because I don't have time. So I kind of started it by like trying to scale myself, trying to duplicate myself. Mm. And then all of a sudden I make this first video and I'm, I have no audience really. All I had posted on my channel were like old demo reels and family videos. And I wake up the next day after I post this first video and it has thousands of views and I'm so confused. And I was in my pajamas, like put no effort into what I look like. And I realized, oh my gosh, people are finding me through search. Mm -hmm. And if I just made videos that were helpful about the thing I know best, which is like social media, what would happen in a year? Mm -hmm. So I treated it as a whole experiment. And it really genuinely started out as me just being like, I could probably help a lot of people figure this stuff out. Yeah. And then it just snowballed. And in that first year, my entire life changed. And I realized the power of the online space. I realized the power of the reach that you can have. My very One of my very first speaking engagements, the head of NATO social media reached out to me and was like on LinkedIn and was like, hey, I watched a few of your videos on YouTube. I would literally was on YouTube for two months at this time and was like, we'd love to fly you out to Brussels to speak to NASA, the CIA, and government officials from all over the world to do a presentation on video marketing. And I was like, what? <laughs> And I did it. And that was one of my first speaking engagements. I flew to Brussels and spoke to all these people. I was terrified, but I was like, I think I might be onto something. Yeah. But essentially everything that I have done has led from a place of, I wonder if this would be helpful. Yeah. And this is going to sound so weird, but money has never been my driving force. Mm -hmm. And I love what I do so much. I would do it for free. And I just really love people and I love their stories. Mm. And I'm so interested in people that that is what lights me up. And what has come full circle for me is I started out trying to be a journalist. And now I'm helping people really get to the root of who they are and what their story is. 
and use that story to build a business that creates an impact. So it's this weird sort of like everything makes sense now. Yeah. And it makes sense now until you start to do something else and then think how totally sense. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Okay. That is incredible. And of course it's so inspiring to hear like the heart of the matter. It's one thing to follow the journey and see it. And I mean, every YouTube video you still shoot in your pajamas is my favorite (laughs) YouTube video. And so maybe some things don't change. We just need to go back to the beginning because you said when you were little, you would look to people like Oprah. And I want to know what you would tell little, what would you tell young Sunny today? Oh, so much. This goes back to what you were mentioning earlier about like, do entrepreneurs exist? And are people out there who are of this place of just wanting to serve? And It's a double-edged sword. I will be really honest about this for me because as a little girl and up until I was 29 years old, really, that was deeply rooted in a lack of self-worth and needing to prove myself through being good at what I did and being perfect Mm. until I landed in the hospital with severe burnout in 2017 and they thought I was having a stroke. So That was my biggest wake-up call, and it forced me to come full circle to your question to go back to why I'm wired the way I'm wired and where that comes from for me. And it does definitely root from when I was a little girl. And I think every person on the planet, but particularly young women, you're fed with a narrative that unless you're perfect, you're not worthy. Mm -hmm. And unless you are aesthetically pleasing and fit into a mold, you're really not worthy of success. Mm. And so I carried that through everything in my life, whether that was relationships or work or whatever. And so if I could go back in time and talk to that little girl version of myself, I'd really want to say like, you are more than enough as you are. And all of the things that make you weird and unique and quirky are the things that are going to be your biggest advantage as you get older. And hold on to it. Don't straighten your hair. (laughs) Like don't don't lose that part of yourself because that's who you are. And that's what makes you stand out. And you never want to blend in with other people. But I had to learn that on my own in order to really get to a place of being like, oh, wow, this is why I'm here. And I think that's why I love what I do so much too, is because I want my clients to know that their unique experience is the foundation of everything they're going to do moving forward. Yes. I mean, let's quote that retweet. Never straighten your hair. And if you Never. hear that from a journalist to believe it to be true, then believe it there. <laughs> yes. Gosh, yes. Okay. At the same time, you said back then you look to people like Oprah. Mm-hmm. I want to know who you look to as your current day Oprah. Not that we don't all still love and adore everything about who Oprah is. Mm-hmm. She is timeless. Do you look to anyone in that same regard today? I would say no. To be honest, I don't know if you've ever heard the quote of like, never meet your idols, but the only person I would say still would be Oprah. And I actually did get to meet her, which was like the most amazing experience and full circle moment of my life. But I really don't. I've stopped putting people on a pedestal because I think that was part of my problem is that I always was like, oh, they must have the secret (laughs) and I don't have the secret. And what I really had to work on over these last couple of years is understanding that like I have everything I need. and whatever I don't, I'm going to learn it somehow, some way, and the universe will deliver. That's how I really do operate and believe. And so there's, yeah, not really anyone at this point where I'm like, oh, that's my North star. Yeah. 
I mean, I think the North star is truly yourself. Now you're you're it. And it's like, what do I really and truly want? Mm -hmm. And I'm going to wake up in the morning in my pajamas Mm -hmm. with my hair looking gorgeous and shoot (laughs) this because this is what you need to hear right now. And how perfect that being said, I feel so aligned and I feel so grateful to be myself. I mean, Mm. I want the Corker Co. to exist to help businesses be more human. Mm-hmm. And I was like, if I'm not human, how the heck can we have consulting business that's doing this, you know, mm-hmm. yet I look and I'm totally wildly inspired by the missions, the visions of other businesses or of other business leaders without putting them on pedestals. I mean, in areas that are so not mine. And I would ask you that question, who do you look to that's either innovating or being super authentic your favorite account that you follow on Instagram, like where does inspiration strike for you while you're being so perfectly you? So it's funny. You say we mentioned Instagram. I don't spend a lot of time on Instagram anymore and I haven't for a long time. I actually unfollowed everyone a few years ago. (laughs) Um, I went down to zero and it was the best thing ever. One person that actually comes to mind right now who I really appreciate and respect, and it might be a bit of an odd choice, but Mark Cuban, Mm -hmm. I just think he talks about compassionate capitalism. And I love that he is doing things that are super disruptive, but also super impactful and beneficial. Like right now he's completely disrupting the entire pharmaceutical industry Mm -hmm. and he's making medications that were, you know, $10,000 for somebody going through leukemia a month, $47 on this platform he's created. And he's basically saying a big F you to the United States government and to the pharmaceutical industry, which clearly is broken. And so I look to somebody like that. Cause I'm like, you don't care. Like you're going to do what's right more than anything else. And of course he's made a ton of money, all this stuff. But what I like too, is that he's like, I've made enough. I'm the luckiest guy in the world. Like I don't need more. And I think the reason that resonates so deeply is also because if you look at a lot of our examples in the entrepreneurial space, the Jeff Bezos, the Richard Branson, you know, they're spending their money going to space. (laughs) Like, like, pardon my French, but it's like a little bit of like, it's like dick wars. Like it's like, (laughs) you know what I mean? So it's like, I just, I appreciate somebody who's like, you know what, can I do something to inflate my own ego and experience, or can I do something that's going to help other people and create more equity? There's also a woman named Trudy LeBron who I really look to and I love, and we've worked with her. I don't know if you know her, but we actually worked with her for about a year on DEI work. So diversity, equity, and inclusion. She's doing incredible work in terms of restructuring how businesses operate from the inside out Mm. and how they are deeply rooted in some very patriarchal and very racist values that we aren't even aware of. Mm -hmm. And so doing that work for me was really, really eye-opening and it's something we're continuing our commitment to. So I would say she's somebody that I really look to as well. Um, yes, I just will say period on that. (laughs) Someone who we were just riffing on that we both love is Danielle Laporte, who lives in Vancouver and Danielle, I swear exists to just build gardens on her rooftop (laughs) and support the West end of Vancouver with more vegetables. And as you're speaking about Jeff, I can't help, but think like the antithesis of a Jeff is a Danielle yes. and somewhere in here. Can we like stay on the planet? Yeah. 
help this planet. Like we are not done our work in this world yet. We're so far from done. And I think if you ever pay any attention to the news, it's very clear. So clear. So clear. Yeah. So clear. Okay. Well, speaking of favorite mistakes, I think a beautiful mistake is to follow Jeff. And (laughs) yet as entrepreneurs, we all make them. And you mentioned you've had some brilliant, beautiful mistakes along the way. Mm -hmm. And I think that these are the tales that make us human and help relate us to one another and to the world of work. Yeah. And so one of my favorite questions is what is, or what has been one of your favorite, most beautiful mistakes? Oh, this is funny because there's a couple, I'll share two big ones for me, but one of them actually relates to Jeff Bezos. And it's something I learned from reading a book about how he operates in Amazon and how he operated in the beginning. And there, this is the thing that I think is interesting. When you get to a place where you don't put people on a pedestal, Mm. you actually realize you can learn something from everyone without being biased and without painting them with a singular brush. Mm. So there were things that he did where I was like, oh my gosh, that makes so much sense. And I need to adopt that. I.e., when they first started Amazon, they were so lean and they still hold on to a lot of those values. And they really like stuck true to, we don't need to spend a lot of money and play in this arena being like this big fancy company until we actually know this thing works. Hmm. And so they were using doors as desks, paying no, no attention or mind to like what their office looked like. And for me, how that translated, especially in this like very bizarro Twilight Zone online world, there's a lot of pressure to look a certain way, have a certain aesthetic, have a brand, blah, blah, blah. It's easy to get wrapped up in that and feel like you should be spending money on things that aren't really necessary or having a perfect image. And I really took from reading about that just keep it lean and keep the focus on the main thing, which is getting good client results. You really don't have to be great at marketing if you're really good at what you do. Mm -hmm. And that's where I keep my focus. And so I think one of my mistakes early on was as I started to gain a following, I was like, oh gosh, now there's pressure. I need the big fancy set. I need to be better. I need to look better. I need to do all of these things to be worthy of this growth. And the minute I did that, I lost who I was and I lost like the value and the relationship that I had created with my audience. And it took time to recover. I feel like I'm still recovering from it. So that was a huge learning experience, quote unquote mistake. My motto in my business and all my clients know this too, is test, fail, learn, grow, repeat. That's how I operate in everything. I think you have to fail in order to really learn and grow. And so I would say the other thing for me is the burnout I went through, which I don't want to classify it as a mistake, but it was certainly an experience I needed to grow from Mm. and ignoring so many signs leading up to that. And the mistake in that was prioritizing external validation and success over my internal compass, morals, values, and health. Because Mm. I, on paper, I was doing all the things that made me healthy, but I was also numbing and ignoring a lot of the things that I hadn't dealt with in my life, which led to it bubbling up at a really unfortunate time and ending up in the hospital. Mm -hmm. And that's something that I've really worked on since that moment. And I'm really grateful to say I haven't had that situation again, and it's been almost five years, but that was the most pivotal time in my life. And it forced me to restructure my entire business model take a good look internally, mm-hmm. start therapy, have hard conversations and do all of these things that I really needed to do to grow. 
I mean, mic drop on that one because isn't it what we all need to hear? And we don't wish the bottom on anyone. Mm -hmm. And in many respects, what I'm learning is that you can reach the bottom of a bank account and not have nearly the same impact as the bottom of your health barrel. Oh, yeah. I think that we have it all wrong. Your health is your greatest wealth. And when that is at risk, everything else is too. So I feel you. And I appreciate you sharing that because sometimes we don't learn until we hit the bed in the hospital that says something needs to change. So totally grateful you changed. (laughs) Thank you. We (laughs) do here today and tell us a different story. Straightening your hair. Exactly. (laughs) Before the clock runs out, I just want to totally switch gears and say, I get and love and respect that you exist in the world to help people share their story, to elevate their game and through a social channel. And I want to know if we turned off social media, who was sunny? Like, oh. what are you up to? What exists in your world that lights your heart on fire without social? And yeah. I feel like we forget that we're so much more than our handle, than a post, than a mm-hmm. vlog. We are here as humans still. And tell us about that version of you. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that version of me is like 90% of my time, which I think people oh. find so strange. Like, <laughs> like I just don't care about social mm-hmm. media very much. And I think it's a very toxic and warped world if you let it be. So I'm really strategic and I'm really intentional and I'm really mindful and thoughtful of how I spend my time online. And I don't honestly spend that much time online. So the normal me day to day, I'm super introverted. I love being at home. I literally would not leave my house ever if I didn't need to. Obviously COVID is a horrible thing, but at the same time, I was like, I'm kind of personally thriving through this. Yeah. (laughs) Amazing. I just really like not having to see people except for my core people. Like I have my core friends who I make a lot of time for, but I've definitely at this point in my life gotten to a place where I'm like quality over quantity. Yeah. So I've found a newfound love for cooking. I Mm -hmm. really love cooking. I hated it pre-pandemic. Very weird. I love making good meals and I love having my favorite humans at a table, having Mm -hmm. great conversation. My husband and I were sitting at dinner last night and we literally talked for like three hours. And I was like, what a freaking gift. Like, I really like you and I want to talk to you. I love dancing. Dancing lights my heart on fire. Amazing. I was doing regular classes. I haven't gotten back into that yet. And my pup, my dog, Muggsy, yeah. my husband, my little nephews. I just, I'm a very like, I love my people. Yeah. I love my people so much. And I love regardless, I honestly do believe it, regardless of if social media was around or not, I would do something where I was able to help people get their stories into the world and do something with it, make an impact with it. And I've done a few things over the last two years where we've pulled off these like pretty epic surprises for people. One woman, we helped her get her book out into the world. Mm. She was a cancer survivor. Unfortunately, the cancer did return and she actually passed away in September but we were able to make that happen for her and get her voice and her work out there. And then another woman, we're still in the process of working on this. Her dream after her husband passed away suddenly was to have a school bus converted into a home for her and her kids. They could travel and she could rent it out. It could be an Airbnb. So we're getting her YouTube channel up and running. We're renovating the bus to be a home. And then it'll also be a business for her. So that's what I enjoy tackling and doing. Yeah. Amazing. I mean, 
I smile to just know that like new stories, new dreams, new goals are born because you Mm -hmm. wake up in the morning and that is just so freaking cool. Okay. I have two final questions. One is when the world opens up and who knows when it might be 10 years, it might be 10 months from now, and you are not under a pandemic restraint of any nature. What's the first thing that you will do? Honestly, the first thing that came to mind was like, have all my family over for for dinner. Like that's, that is all I really want. That's it. Yeah. Just more quality time with my family. I think that's the thing that could make me like cry on the drop of a dime is the amount of missed time with the people that I love so much. Yeah. Amen. Okay. The opposite of crying is what in this moment is making your heart beat faster? Oh, my home and everything it encompasses. Mm. So we just moved into a house um, recently, which I feel so grateful for. And it's back where I grew up Mm. and my parents are literally a two minute walk away. And so that, and knowing that this is where we're going to be for a long time. And like I said, having like my husband and my puppy and knowing eventually we're going to have kids and that's so exciting. And so that's making my heart beat faster. It's that we've placed our roots and that's a very like interesting phase of my life to be in. And a really interesting, like realization that I'm no longer that version of myself. Who's going to be kind of bouncing around and being in in temporary circumstances. We've laid the foundation, which is pretty cool. Roots, baby. You've laid roots. Yes. I love it. Sunny, we'll make sure there's links below. Our time is up. I'm so freaking grateful. Thank you for being a Vancouver legend. (laughs) Thank you for keeping it so human. And for the time that you are on social, I'm so stoked that you answered my DM. (laughs) I'm so grateful. Thank you for reaching out to me. I mean, Uh, like I said, before we even started, like I'm such a huge fan of yours and the work that you do. And I'm very grateful that you even asked. So thank you. Let's keep it human and let's all not work like Jeff and maybe (laughs) here on mother earth. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Thanks, Sunny. Thank you. 